Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to start right here on time. gonna um, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll dive into anybody need a Bible okay <laughs> you need a Bible anybody need a Bible okay I'll got okay I'm gonna be reading out of the ESV and in the NKJV the New King James Version so let's pray Father God I come to you in Jesus name I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people pray none of me but all of you Grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Father, I thank you that there's no hindrance um, the enemy can try, um, that we are not overcomers. And I thank you as we share the word of God, I pray that you will bring light in areas where we need to grow. So I pray this prayer. So Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we're going to talk about spiritual development. We have six weeks, right, six weeks of um, Bible study this season. And so we're not going to meet the week of Thanksgiving um, because you need to cook and eat and all that good stuff. But um, we have three weeks prior to Thanksgiving and then in December, three weeks before Christmas. So we're going to meet for six weeks, and we're going to talk about um, growing up spiritually. Everybody say growing up spiritually. Okay, so I don't. So give me your ages, if you don't mind. How old are y'all? 50, 50, 33, 34, 29, 53, 32, 57, 56, 25. All right, praise God. So um, y'all know PD turned 25, so we celebrate, thank God. All right, um. So spiritual development, that's what we're going to talk about, growing up spiritually. We're growing up spiritually. So let me, I got um, the little red, the red, this you may not be able to see, but um, we do spiritual development. So I'm going to take you through a series of, of different stages of, of Christianity, all right? And so let's start out with 1 Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter. Chapter 2, I'm going to read it out of the English Standard Version. 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. And let's look at verses 1 through 3. When you got to say, I got it. Okay, thank you for the one, I got it. <laughs> First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. How many know that Christians are not perfect? Amen. Amen. And so there are Christians who have malice, malice and deceit in them, hypocrisy. Um, prior to people, every, everyone comment, I was listening to an artist that I love dearly, and he was talking about the name of the song is called uh, make me real. I want to be real. And I, I don't want the hypocrisy. I don't want the mask. And so it is possible for you to be saved, filled with the Spirit, and have hypocrisy. And it says, put away envy. I mean, no, the envy is something that is real. Envy and slander, where you take people's names and you slander their name and, and you go for it. So here Peter is writing to believers. Let's look at verse 2. Like newborn infants 
King James says babes, like newborn babes, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so here, Peter is saying that like newborn infants, okay, think about infants, all right? Anybody got little babies? Anybody, any baby under one and under, one and under? Okay, think about that, right? Um, or even three or four months, they desire milk, right? Right? It's good. Milk is good, right? Milk does the body good. And so um, even naturally from breast milk and so forth, we see that um, God has prepared milk for babies to grow. And so here the scripture says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, just like infants desire milk, we as believers need to desire milk of the word of God. Um, why? Why should we desire milk of the word? So that we can grow up into salvation. So God expects us to grow up from tasting the milk. Now, um, I, I, I put this down. Uh, so Peter, by the Holy Spirit, is telling the saints as newborn babes to desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. Let's think about this. If something doesn't grow, something is wrong, right? You think about a plant, you think about a baby. If a baby doesn't grow, 40 years from, from now, if a baby doesn't grow, something is wrong. Um, so there should be some type of growth. How, just to think about Christians who have been saved a long time but have not grown. Something is wrong. Um, there are some who 10 years old, in the Lord, and they're still babes. So think about a 10-year-old with a bottle <laughs> or trying to get breast milk. <laughs> uh, think about a 40-year-old still drinking bottle, a bottle. And so spiritually speaking, there are people who have never grown up in their salvation, in their faith. They are still the same the day that they got saved, they're still the same right there. They're still operating as if they are a babe in Christ. And so this scripture tells us that as newborns desire milk, so should we as Christians desire the milk of the word. So in these next six weeks, we're going to talk about spiritual growth or growing up spiritually. Uh, what it is, we're going to talk about what it is and what it's not, how to know where you are, right, and how to grow from there. And uh, so we're going to take our time to look into the Bible on this subject. Um, the pure milk of the Word of God will cause you to grow. Now, some people have looked down on the milk of the Word. I, I remember about eight years ago, nine years ago, when I um, was blessed to serve as pastor here, and there were people who were here prior to me who said, oh, he teaches the basics. He's teaching milk. We want deeper revelations. So they left. And they're still looking for deeper revelations. <laughs> They've been to two or three churches by now. And I think that if someone's preaching milk, then you will grow. And I think, unfortunately, that some churches, they're not preaching milk. They're preaching what, I'm from down south, so what, you know, if a baby, you run out of milk, um, what they used to do, they had the powder milk and put water in it, or they um, dilute the little milk with some water to make the baby full. And so that's what some of the preaching on the internet is preaching it's a um, self-help gospel, right? <laughs> What's that? What's self-help, right? Um, God's going to get you through. Um, you can be the best version of yourself, right? And, and how many know those things are true? We, we do need to be the best versions of ourselves, right? We do need to grow in the things of, of life. 
But if you come to church, you can listen, you can go to a seminar and get that, that type of prep talk. You can do professional development, right? And get empowered to, to do that. So you don't need to go to church for somebody to use a couple verses to motivate you to start your own business, right? You don't, you, don't, you don't come to church to hear something to start your own business or go back to school. I just got to blow y'all. <laughs> but you can go and get a class or look at YouTube and get inspired. We need the word, right? And, and when you come to church, you need to hear the pure milk of the word to, to develop to a place where you can have meat. Amen. That went over really good. <laughs> um, so the pure milk of the word will cause you to grow. So don't ever look down on milk. Oh, they just preach milk at that church. Oh, that's good. Because that milk is going to strengthen the bones, strengthen the body to the place where you can have meat. Before you get to the meat, you got to get to understand the milk. You got to take the milk. The milk prepares you for the meat. <laughs> All right, um, I, that wasn't even on my notes. Spiritual milk will cause you to grow. So some saints haven't grown at all. They still don't. Okay, so this is real basics. Okay, so this is not even kindergarten, what I'm about to say, all right? Listen, listen to this. Some saints haven't grown. They don't attend church on a regular basis, <laughs> right? That, that's, that's not even um, kindergarten, right? That, that is like um, preschool, Attending church on a regular basis. Okay, some um, don't pray often. Again, that's preschool. So praying often is what we could do. We should do. Attending church is what we should do. All right, um, some don't even tithe. Um, they tithe every now and then. That's, that's not even kindergarten. You come in, get saved, and you start honoring God with your tithe. That's preschool. Some don't even read the Bible on a regular basis. So, so that's, again, is preschool. So we're talking about milk of the word. Let's just do preschool first, right? <laughs> so that we can get to a kindergarten, then get to first grade and graduate, go to college and grad school and get into careers. So now, what, what's the careers in the, thing, in the kingdom of God? Careers is finding your place in the kingdom. <laughs> Come on, y'all like that, right? That's utterance. I didn't have that in my notes. So, so you career, being a, having a career of following, you're finding your place in the body of Christ is after you have graduated. And so the, this spiritual development, spiritual growth, you got to go through babyhood stages of Christianity. Then you go through your adolescence, teenage years, then young adults. Then a, a mature, then adults, and then mature adults, then elderly. First, you start out as a babe, and then you end up, you should, by the time you go see Jesus, should be a full-grown person operating, passing that wisdom down to the next generation. But unfortunately, we have a lot of babies that die babies, and they don't ever develop into mature Christians. All right, let's go to 2 Peter. Now, if you are in that category, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, and I want to applaud you for coming out on a Wednesday night when you have work, school, and your life with kids to hear the Word of God so you can grow. So give yourself a hand. That, that's to be applauded. All right, um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. You know, most churches now don't even have midweek services. You know, they, it's taken away. Growing up, I had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. <laughs> and, and then when I was under my former pastor, um, Dave Robeson, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, then we had Monday night young adult service because I was a young adult at that time. And then um, we snuck and went to the church on Tuesday night because the church was open 24-7. Then we had Wednesday night Bible study. And then we, we went back on Thursday night to pray after work. And then Friday night was all night prayer. And then Saturday we hit the streets and witnessed and went to the prison. I had a prison ministry for about five years, did prison ministry. And then Saturday, Saturday night we went to the movies. And then Sunday morning we got up and did it all over again. <laughs> 
And I did that for five years. And I fasted like twice a week. And I prayed a lot. And I witnessed and saw the power of God. And so I, I think if you're single, you, you can do that. Now it's a little bit different when you have a family, right? You got, you got to take care of stuff, and you can't do that as often. So let's look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow, everybody say grow, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, be the glory both now and the day of eternity. Amen. So here um, Peter is saying to grow in the grace. You need to grow in grace. God has called us to grow in grace and not only grace, but in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what you know of Jesus, you, when you got saved, you should have grown in that knowledge of Jesus. You should have grown in the knowledge of grace, the grace of God. Uh, we, we aren't spiritual just because, and, and here's some things I put, because I'm going to talk about what is not spiritual mature, maturity. You're not, you're, not, you're not spiritual just because you pray long hours or you pray in tongues long, t- long hours. That doesn't make you spiritual just because you pray or you pray long. Um, you're not spiritual just because you attend church. You're not spiritual just because you pay your tithes. You're not spiritual just because you don't fornicate, right? <laughs> uh, some people are like, I don't fornicate. That's not me. So I'm, I'm spiritual. Uh, not really. I mean, you're supposed to do that, right? That, that's, that, that's, that's your reasonable service, right? Um, these things are, are, fr- are, the, are the fruits of a growing Christian, but they alone do not make you spiritual. So sometimes people think you're spiritual because you fast all the time. Fasting doesn't make you spiritual. It, 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 can, it can help. It can, these spiritual disciplines, right? We're talking about spiritual discipline, reading the Bible, praying, fasting, witnessing, giving, attending church, solitude. All of that it needs to be taking place, but they alone don't make you spiritual. All right, so we'll talk about what makes you spiritual in a minute. Um, God, if, when God using you doesn't make you spiritual. Right? You could lead millions of people to Christ and still not be spiritual. How many know that God in the Bible used a donkey? So the goal of Christianity is not to be used. Oh, I just want to be used. I just want to be used. Being used doesn't make you spiritual. Because God uses the wicked for his glory. <laughs> he anoints wicked kings to sit, stand in office to fulfill his will. He used the hands of wicked men to crucify Jesus so that we can have life. So being used is not the ultimate goal. All right, so that, those are things that not to look at. Say, oh, if, 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 you know, hearing from God doesn't make you spiritual. Sometimes people say, I had a dream or I have a vision. And sometimes when they say that, they're trying to impress you. So when people tell me that, I'm like, okay, so what? Jesus appeared to you. Welcome. What are you going to do with it? I have a call. Everybody has a call. If you get serious about God, you're going to sense a call. Everybody has a call. But many are called, but few are chosen. And you're only chosen because when you choose Jesus, you choose to be chosen. (laughs) All right. Um, So spiritual people are not people just used or they do spiritual disciplines or they hear from God. It's easy to hear from God. If you're sinning, God will convict you. You hear from God. (laughs) So so hearing from God doesn't make you spiritual. What makes you spiritual is what you do with what you heard. Acting upon what you have heard. It's the doer of the word that develops into spiritual people. So you can say, all day, I'm praying, I fast. But what are you doing in, while you're fasting and praying? If that's not making you more of a doer, then you're not spiritual. Uh, so a uh, question for you. Um, don't answer this out loud, but do you think a spiritual person knows that they're spiritual? Okay, you can answer it out loud. No? You said no. Anybody say opposite? Do you think that spiritual people know that they're spiritual? Okay, let's look at scripture. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We're talking about spiritual development. Spiritual development. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1. Let's look at this. 
brothers, and it's really brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are what? <laughs> Shall restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you, be, you, lest you too be tempted or fall. So spiritual people know when they're spiritual. It's not prideful to know that you're spiritual. <laughs> I think that the connotation is if you think you're spiritual, you're prideful. No, you're just a person of the word. A spiritual person is humble. And they're not, they know that they are, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that they too will not be spiritual. So spiritual people know that they're spiritual. Spiritual maturity doesn't come automatically, but it is a process. Everybody say a process. So go to, let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, a familiar passage. Talking about spiritual development. I'm going to get to the, the board in a minute. Spiritual, um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's go there. Here we go. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So God is concerned about what you do with your bodies, right? You're not allowed to just do anything with your body. And I'm not just talking about being tatted up. Um, what you do with your body is important to God. So you got to submit your body to his, his, his lordship, his kingship, and it is your spiritual service, uh, a worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So here we see that God wants transformed bodies and renewed minds. You cannot know God's will if your mind is not renewed. The word of God has been given to us to renew our minds. God gave us his word, not so that we can impress each other with it, so that our minds can be renewed, so we can change the way we think. Spiritual people think in line of the word. They, their minds are controlled or ruled by the word of God. If you're spiritual, you will think like God thinks. Amen. Um, your bodies will, and, and, and notice this, by getting your mind renewed, you'll prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So spiritual people know that they're spiritual. Let's go to Psalm 92. This is a, a familiar scripture. Psalm 92, um, verse 13. Spiritual development. Psalm 92, verse 13, it says this. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So as you're planted in a local assembly, you should be growing. You should grow. And how do you know if you grow? You don't just join a church because the music is great. And I did that before. I joined a church because the music was great. But the preaching was lousy. It was it was horrible. But the music was out of this world. I went to a church that it was the best music at that time. I was like, yo, this is like heaven. Never join a church because of the music. It helps, but it's not the main thing. Don't, um, don't join the church because you like the pastor or the personality of the pastor. You join the church because the word of God has been taught and you can grow. So you should be flourishing. It says um, those who are planted will flourish in the courts of the Lord. God expects all of his children to thrive and to grow. God expects you to thrive and to grow. He expects you to grow. If you're not growing, you're not doing this Christian thing right. Something is wrong. You should be growing. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter three, verses one through four. It says, but I, brothers and sisters, cannot address you as what? Spiritual people. So again, here's the spiritual people. They know that they're spiritual. Ain't no mystery. I don't know if I'm a spiritual. I'm just a carnal. You know, you just been, I mean, false, there's a thing called false humility. 
where you downgrade yourself. The Bible says not to think of yourself more highly, but you, but you are to think highly of yourself according to the grace that's given you. Know who you are. Operate in your grace. Function in your anointing. Don't think of yourself more highly than you are, but whatever God is grace, you think highly of that. According to the grace, soberly, I am what I am by the grace of God. If you are a teacher in the body of Christ, you are a teacher. If you are a servant of God, you are a servant of God. If you are a child, you know what I'm saying? Like, the list goes on. Uh, think according to the grace that is upon your life. The Bible really doesn't address self, low self-esteem. Why? Because if you can get people to understand how much God loves them, then they'll love themselves properly. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so if I receive his love, believe, the Bible says in 1 John, it says, I believe the love of God and I receive the love of God, then that affects me loving him back. So I love God because he first what? So as I receive his love, then I can love him back, then I have good self-esteem, and then I can love my neighbor as myself. So there's no self-hatred to those who know how much God loves them. John Calvin said this, to know God is to know oneself. To know oneself is to know God. So the more I know God, the more I know myself. The more I know myself, the more I know God. Because everything about me points to God. Amen. My weaknesses let me know that I need God. <laughs> and so as I understand the love of God, then I, it destroys low self-esteem. And I was a person who had low self-esteem. I thought lowly of myself. And I operated in false humility. And false humility is really pride. And I was very prideful that I was humble. And I still have to fight it. Oh, he's such a humble guy. Like, oh, no. Oh, the sermon was really good. Oh, it wasn't me. It was me. <laughs> God used me. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not taking credit for it, but together with the grace of God, I did what I did, right? God didn't just get up and preach. I preached <laughs> with his anointing, his grace, right? And so I operated in it. Praise God. Good. All right? That's good. <laughs> oh, I, I, listen, listen. I listen to every sermon I preach. I go back and listen to it. And if it doesn't bless me, I'm like, take it off. Take it off SoundCloud. Get it off Spotify. Don't let it go out. <laughs> I listen to every sermon I preach. And my wife, I did this for years. My wife would, um, you know, get mad at me because after church, I would come home and I would go in my study and I would listen and pray in the spirit. And I listened to see, did I, was I faithful to the text? Did I misrepresent the word? Did I do everything that God said? Did I say anything that was offensive? Is there anything I could have said differently? And I do that every Sunday. I've been in ministry 25 years, so I listen to all the sermons, and I pray, and I see where there's pride. I see where I missed it. So the next Sunday, I come back, and I say, I'm going to make it right, Lord. And anything good, I give it to God. And God showed me a long time ago, don't only prepare for the sermon by spending time with me before the sermon, but spend time with me after the sermon. So anything good, you can give glory back to me. And anything that was not good, you can get it right and repent. And so that's what I've done all these years. So I go and listen and pray. And say, oh, no, that's horrible. I said that. And I was like, edit that. That's horrible. That could, I shared a story about someone that they're going to listen to, and that's offensive, and they're going to be cut off from ever listening to me again. One time I, I actually said the N-word in my, one of my sermons, and the Holy Ghost lifted it from me. He said, don't you ever say that again. I actually said the N-word. Like, what was I thinking? Well, that has nothing to do with this. First <laughs> Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But I, brothers and sisters, cannot address you as spiritual people, but as people of what the flesh or carnal, as infants in Christ. So a baby is carnal. A baby is, is, is flesh rule. You have a baby, baby is, is all about me. I want food. I'm wet. Come and get me. I can't sleep. I got this stuff. I'm sick. Come. I'm going to wake up the whole house. I'm going to govern this house. I control this house. You're not going to go to sleep. I don't care if you got work. <laughs> That's what babies do, right? 
Guess what? Get a baby in the church. It's about me. I, I want to see my seed, and I don't want to see the pastor. I don't want to see the minister. I, I want to see the pastor. I want to be mentored by the pastor. <laughs> I want to sing a solo. <laughs> That's, it's, it's about, so you get a person who's a babe, it's all about them. Me. I think I should do this. I think the, dire- the direction of the church should go this way. Right? That's a babe. And babes you have to walk with, and they sin all the time. You got to come back and love on them, tell them there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You got to pray for them. And if they got a devil, you got to cast the devil out. A mature person can resist the devil. A babe is like, oh, I don't know. I got these thoughts. And I and they got to come here. Let me pray. They always have the altar call every Sunday. No, no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Every Sunday, I gotta receive this anointing, and they, and then they, then the guest speaker. We just had five guest speakers. Oh, he's a, he or she's so good. Oh, I wish I passed a flow like that. And they just saying what I've been saying for eight years. But because they were new, you didn't hear them. See, the reason why we like a lot of guest speakers is because you don't hear them all the time. You hear them all the time. You you gonna feel the same way you feel about me. <laughs> You're like, oh man. Hey, they just say, I love Mom Graham. Oh, yeah. I can sit under that anointing all day. And you hear her every Sunday, and then you're like, oh, you know, I want something new. So, so don't ever be impressed with new people. Like when I was a youth pastor, um, they would let me preach in the main service from time to time, and they, people would come and say, oh, oh, you got the spirit. You got the anointing. Oh, you, 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 you sound real good. You, you, you're better than a pastor. They used to say this to me. And I said, well, you know what? It's just because you don't hear me all the time. So don't, you're not flattering me because you think that I'm, you, you, you're trying to set me up, make me think I'm better than the pastor. You just don't hear me all the time because these teenagers don't, are not listening. They hear me all, every Sunday. What you just experienced is what I flow in all the time. And they get up and they rebel against it, right? <laughs> all right, um, so let's look at this. So I cannot address you. So if, when you're not spiritual or not allowing the word of God to govern your life, then you can only hear so much. Mm-hmm. Verse 2, I fed you with what? Milk and not solid food, for you were not ready for it. So sometimes when you are at a place and God wants to give you meat, but because you're carnal, you're not ready for it. So you don't give a steak to a baby, right? There are certain foods you don't give to babies, right? Because they're harming themselves. And so a lot of times people say, well, you always talk about the same things. Well, maybe because you haven't grown. And when you stop complaining about what you've already heard and start doing it, then God will lead us to get more. Because all you hear is not all that I know. I know a whole lot. <laughs> I said on some of the best teachers in the world, Kenneth e. Hagin was my teacher, Laid hands on me. Dave Robinson was my pastor for five years. Pastor Powell was my pastor for 10 years. I mean, I've said on some best. I got the best. God set me at the feet of some of the best. And it doesn't mean that because I don't preach on those subjects doesn't mean that I don't know them. And whatever church you may belong to. And so you want to make sure that you're governing and never get tired of hearing the same things over and over. I heard that story before. I heard that passage before. No, when you stop getting tired of it, that's when you get the revelation of it. I, you know, one time somebody said to me, um, oh, um, do we have to read the Bible every year? And we already read it. <laughs> we read it last year. <laughs> we already been through that story. We already know the story. No, you need to read it again. And they, they actually got tired of it. They was like, I'm tired of reading the same story, Adam and Eve. And so I was like, well. Um, I fed you. Okay, it says verse 3, for you are still of the flesh, for where there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh behaving only in a human way or mere humans? For, for when one says, I follow Paul, another says, I follow Apollos, and you are not, are you not being merely humans? In other words, there's division, there's strife, because you, you have your favorite preacher, and you say, I follow this person, I follow that person. I follow Bishop Jakes, I follow Michael Todd's, I follow John Gray, I follow Joel Osteen, I follow John Piper, I follow, I follow Derek Prince. You have these different individuals that you like, 
but it's the personality is what people like. It's really not really the content. A lot of times is just that personality, and so you got to be careful for this, careful of that. Um, spiritual people are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Those who are governed by their faith. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. So if your faith is not governing your life, then you're not spiritual. Those who are spiritual are those who are living a hundredfold walk with God. Those who have the word working in them. Do you have the word working in you? Carnal people are people who are governed by their flesh. So they say, I don't like this, or I move by this, or my feelings are hurt, or I'm offended. Carnal people are quickly to be offended. Spiritual people can get offended and they can bounce back. I forgive you. When you're married, you got to forgive 70 times 7 over the same thing. Like, the same thing. Married 14 years, the same thing. Forgiveness, 70 times 7. My wife forgives me over the same thing. Can you please make sure you clean your plate off? Been telling me that for 14 plus years. The same thing. Can you please, you know, whatever the case is, you, you forgive. You forgive over and over again. And the spiritual people, they forgive. They're not easily offended. They're willing to stand. Um, it's like this is a song, you know, I, I love New Edition. It's a song called Can You Stand the Rain? You know, can you, can you deal with the pain? Can you deal with when life is not beautiful? So first thing when I was dating my wife, I, I gave her a book uh, um, by um, Kenneth Hagin's wife, and it, it, it described ministry, the worst scenarios of ministry. She got depressed after she read it. I said, if you want to marry me, you got to read that book. And she was like, it's just, it's just not fair. You know, he left there with the kids, and he was traveling the world. I said, are you willing to do that? Yeah. All right, we can get married. Now, then she was like, well, show me your tithe records for the past five years. And I had to go and get the tithe record. She said, I'm not marrying somebody who's not a tither. How are you going to be my covering you don't tithe? You're allowing a curse to come up on this house. And so I had to go and produce. And she looked at every tithe and had my pay stub and said, okay, you, okay, you miss around Christmas time. What's, uh, I would miss around Christmas. <laughs> and she's like, what's up with that? It's, it's a 12-month it's situation, and you miss. What, what's up? You, you kind of like slacking. Every year around this time. <laughs> she did that. True story. <laughs> I was like, you know, you know, you know that present I gave you? <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> I got to pray about this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> true story. True story. All right. Real quick. All right. I'm going to open up for questions in a minute. All right. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Let's go to John chapter 16. Verse 12. Spiritual development. John chapter 16. And let's look at verses 12 through 14. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You ever been in a situation where you want to say some things? You're not to say everything that comes to your mind. You do understand that, right? <laughs> you get in trouble. Thank you, sir. You'll get in trouble. Don't say everything that comes to your mind. And if God tells you something, if you go around telling everything that God tells you, he'll stop telling you. There's things that God has told me about the church I serve, I just won't say it. And the prophet will come or somebody will come and say something, I already knew that. I just didn't say it. As parents, you know things about your kids that they don't know. My mom and dad knew that I was called to ministry. They did not tell me I was called to ministry until I discovered it. So we've been waiting for you to come around. Why? Because if they would have said you called in the ministry, I would have did it because they said it. Right? So good parents will, will guide them, cultivate, but will not tell them this is what you need to do. In the sense of this is the career you need to go, this is the direction. You, you know, so you use wisdom in that. And so likewise, there are things you know by, about people or you know about situations, and sometimes you just sit on it. And sometimes you don't know. I'll give you a story. 
um, there was a, a friend of ours, uh, Courtney and I, good friend, and he sent us a rap. He was trying to get into rap industry, Christian rap, and he sent us some music, and he was rapping on it. It was horrible. It was horrible, y'all. And I, he was like, give me your feedback. And I, we did not give him the feedback because it was horrible. So how are we going to tell him, like, he ain't got it? I'm glad we didn't say nothing. Because then years later, he got real good, and now he's all over. I mean, just everybody. Everybody wants him. But what if we would have told him in, in that stage, we could have discouraged him. He would not be in rap ministry right now. <laughs> but, but sometimes you, you see that. Sometimes when people preach, you're like, oh, man, they can't preach. They need to sit down somewhere. <laughs> and sometimes you just need to wait and let God develop them. Because you never know. Sometimes people just can't preach. They just sit down. They don't need to preach. But there's others. And so sometimes you just have to, um, there are things you want to say. You shouldn't always say everything that you know. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. Um, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. So it takes the Holy Spirit guiding us and, and helping us and cultivating us to a place where we can develop to a place where we can hear. There are things that God wants to speak to you about your life and your calling, but he's just waiting for you to be faithful and church attendance. If you're not faithful over the tithe, he can't get you into miracles, right? Obedience and finances. If you can't obey God over the 10%, he's not going to trust you with 10,000 people. Um, there was a story, I don't know, I don't really know how you feel about this guy, but I, I do love him. Not necessarily his doctrine as much, but um, Pastor Benny Hinn, um, he was... Um, seeking God, and he was evangelist, and he got an understanding about tithing, and I think he had been Christian for like two years, and he wasn't tithing, and he went back, I think he got like two jobs, and gave God back all the money that he was supposed to, and that's when the anointing came after that. He met Catherine Kuhlman, and then the rest was history. So that it, it, if you're faithful with your tithe, it sets you up for being faithful in other things. If you're faithful with your Bible reading, faithful in witnessing. Sometimes people want the anointing to win the nations, but if you're faithful just with witnessing. How, have you been faithful in telling other people about Jesus? I got this calling, but have you been faithful in just witnessing on your job? Are you faithful in your job? Do you come to job, your job on time? Right? Everybody trying to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go and work on time. <laughs> All right, be faithful in your job, faithful in paying your bills. As I was faithful in the apartment, God blessed me to get a mortgage. As I'm faithful paying the mortgage, God give me other lands. Right? Are you with me? You see, the God doesn't just give you, take you from zero to a hundred overnight, but there's steps. He never calls you to do leaps of faith, but steps of faith. We walk by faith. All right, what, what does this have to do with this? All right, so a, carnal, a spiritual person is governed by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. A carnal person is governed by the flesh, the world, and the devil. You can be saved and still be carnal, but it's not God's best. Spiritual development. God expects us to grow from babyhood to maturity. You get born again, that's BA, born again. And this is the place of the calling and destiny. And sometimes... People want to go from here to there. How many know their steps? As you're faithful with Bible study, as you're faithful with prayer, as you're faithful with taking care of your family, God never calls a person who's not doing anything. So I'll, I always look for people who are busy. If you're, too, if you're too busy, you're the best candidate to work in the ministry. If you have a lot of time on your hands, you're not the best candidate. God looks for people who are already doing stuff. He never calls somebody who's just sitting down doing nothing. Before I became a pastor, I, was, I filled up almost every church that I was a part of. 
I told people about the church. I witnessed. I went to people to, and as a pastor, I'm still witnessing to people. I'm still praying for people. I'm, I'm praying for people, laying hands on people. I've been a blessing. I was working at Enterprise, and I led somebody to the Lord in the rental car. I said, Let's, there's a camera right there. Let's go inside in the car. Let me tell you about this car. And as I told him about the car, now I was like, I was witnessing to him, and he got saved in the car. Every job that I've been a part of, except for this one, I'm almost close to it. I've won someone to the Lord and led them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every job. Every job that I was a part of. And in one job, I even cast the devil out of a person. I, it, I was working at McDonald's, and I was preaching to him, and the, and the devil started manifesting. I said, come out in Jesus' name. <laughs> the manager was in the other room. <laughs> I'm telling you, every job, God wants to use you. God didn't give you, give you the Holy Ghost just to sit down and do nothing or just... You do your job, but you look for opportunities. Look for opportunities. I'm praying, Lord, Lord, give me opportunity. Give me an opportunity to witness. How can I witness? How can I, you know, Lord, I, I pray for wisdom. Give me favor. And as I do my job, God opens the door, and I just walk right into it. I don't bust the door down. Don't try to make people listen to you. But go, if the door is open, walk right into it. I got a guy. This guy I saw. I saw this guy. I was sitting down in the little um, cafeteria or whatever, and this guy walks in, and I said, he's called by God. God's calling on his life. I said, this is going to be weird for me just to go up and say, you're called by God. I just couldn't do it. So I was like, uh, so I was just saying, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, what's up? So I waited a couple months, and I'm like, God, give me an opportunity. I don't know what it is. I need to talk to this guy. And so I was like, Lord, open this door, open this door. So I just left it alone. Next thing I know, I got a little promotion. They moved, my, moved me from a department, put me in this place. And guess who works there? The guy who's called of God. So I'm just like playing it off. Like, hey, what's up, what's up? Talking to him. And then he's like, you're different. I said, what do you mean? You don't use profanity. Something's different about you. I said, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a Christian. Well, I used to be one. Actually, I was in Alaska, and my best friend is a minister, and I used to teach Bible study. Opportunity. Cultivate. He's like, my pastor spoke in tongues, but I don't know how to speak in tongues. Opportunity. So let me talk to you about speaking. And, and to this day, we're talking, and I'm encouraging, and he's like, yo, this is crazy. He's, he's going to bring his family, four kids, to the church. I said, why aren't you in church? I got a relationship with God. I said, there is, the Bible knows no relationship with God without a local assembly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I said, you don't really have a, I said, how do you know you have a relationship without other people in community? God lives in community. He expects us to live in community too. And so God opens that door. And so all I'm saying is that before you can get to your calling, your destiny, you got to start working on developing yourself spiritually. He expects you to grow. It's growing time, so you really got to grow. Every time you, something goes wrong, it's an opportunity to put your faith to use. If you fail in a, in a time of adversity, your strength is small. So when trials come, don't thank God for the trial, but thank God for the opportunity to use your faith in the trial. You're going to go through trials. You're either at the beginning of a trial, the middle of a trial, or the end of a trial, and you may get a break and go right into another. You're going to have trials and tribulations. Things are not going to be perfect for you. Things will go wrong. Don't speak that. I'm conf no, I'm, I'm telling you, things will go wrong. Amen. You're going to have some, something's going to happen wrong. Something, your body, your, your money, your, your relationships, drunk, something's going to happen. Racism, hatred, self-hate, suicidal thoughts, everything is going to happen. You're going to have these thoughts. You're going to have, you want to shoot somebody. You're going to beat up somebody. You, I mean, all these things are going to happen. But what are you going to do in the midst of it? I'm going through hell. Keep walking. Amen. Right? We all go through hell. You're not exempt because you're a Christian. Actually, you're, the war gets worse. You actually get, you go into a, a, a real battle once you accept Jesus, receive Jesus as your Lord. Welcome to the battlefield. From the beginning, God declared war on the enemy. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. That's war. That's war. It, it, and at the end of the age, Jesus is coming to fight. So there's a fight. 
I just don't want to fight anymore. Then let me just pray for you to die. So you're going to have problems. You're going to have trouble. It's what you do in the trouble. You're going to have temptation. You know, being spiritual, spiritual doesn't mean that you're not tempted. It's whether or not you yield to it. Okay, you're tempted. All right. Uh, beautiful girl at my job. She's really, she's gorgeous. And I talk about my wife all the time. I, my ring. Hey. She knows Jesus and she knows about my wife. Yeah. I can't wait for you to meet my wife. Uh, I had another job. Beautiful co-worker. Real, and I talked about my wife all the time. One time she came to my door crying to my house. She, I didn't know how she found my house. And I was like, my wife's going to kill me. She just, so I left the door wide open. Oh, Lord. She was there. I just need you to pray for me. So, so as soon as my wife came home, I said, hey, so-and-so came over. <laughs> right? I was like, why is she in my house? One time, um, I, I, um, beautiful lady invited me over to her apartment to help her move. I said, I'm bringing, I brought your brother. I said, you come with me. <laughs> so, um, temptation doesn't make you less than a Christian. It's an opportunity to, to overcome. Father, I thank you for this word. I pray that we'll grow in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.